Dr. Christian Northrup, acclaimed author and pioneer in the field of women's health, now transforms the relationship you have with your body, inside and out. The female body was designed by our creator to be a source of pleasure, creativity, fertility, movement, strength, well-being, and fun. And the processes of the female body are imbued with wisdom that connects you with your inner guidance. From diet to dancing, from new opinions on breast screenings to the medicine of pleasure, experience a completely new path to being a truly healthy and wise woman. All healing, all flourishing, comes from the story you continually tell tell yourself. I would like to have some grenades to throw at the medical center where I was on staff for 35 years that now has a gender reassignment clinic. And, and you know, and it's fun to collect the labels. So at this point, right, I'm anti-Semitic, QAnon conspirator, uh, racist, sexist, transphobic, um, just dangerous, basically all around dangerous, anti-vaxxer, science denier. And the more you can collect of those and the less they bother you, the stronger that you get, the stronger you get. Welcome to another premium episode of Wetwired. I'm Sean Andes. For this episode, I have a conversation about Dr. Christiane Northrup and how she's wiggled her way into the right-wing extremist movement in Maine. In her past life as a new age self-help guru, Dr. Northrup was a darling of daytime talk shows. She made appearances on crowd pleasers such as The Oprah Winfrey Show, Super Soul Sunday, that's another Oprah program, The View, Good Morning America, and Dr. Oz. Christiane Northrup, once called an enlightened angel by fans, was at one time ranked among the 100 most trusted people in America by Reader's Digest. Oprah Winfrey, who has referred to Northrup's books as a guide, a Bible, named her one of her Super Soul 100, a group she considered to be doing the most work to awaken humanity. Today, Northrup has lost some of her shine. She came out hard against COVID lockdown orders and mandatory masking in public. When the first life-saving COVID vaccines were approved, she was out in front to condemn them as poison and crimes against humanity. More recently, Christiane Northrup has taken some other strong positions. She's against gender reassignment treatments, has blamed demons and demonic influences for controlling people's thoughts and actions, has cited biblical prophecy as a way to interpret current politics, thinks that there's a conflict among alien races, and also thinks humans play a part in it. She sums up her beliefs when she said, We are indeed at war. It is good versus evil, dark versus light. Her celebrity friends have all but abandoned her. Oprah and The View aren't calling anymore. In fact, many of them, Oprah included, have gone to lengths to erase Northrop from their websites, podcasts, and video catalogs. Northrop's last large public appearances were sharing a stage with Roger Stone for Clay Clark's Reawaken America tour. The last award she received was bestowed on her by the Zelenko Freedom Foundation. 
Incidentally, the Zelenko Freedom Foundation was created by former garden gnome turned country doctor Vladimir Zelenko. He was most famous for peddling hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for COVID, and also causing a run on pet food stores by people looking for horse medicine. For the record, hydroxychloroquine is absolutely 100% not an effective treatment for COVID-19. And of course, totally unrelated to his medical convictions, Zelenko later died from COVID. And from the illustrious Zelenko Foundation, Christiane Northrup was awarded the unfortunately named and completely optics blind Rosa Parks Award for standing up for truth, God, and light against all odds, smears, obstacles, and censorship. Our guest for this episode is Mooncat. Mooncat is an extremism researcher based somewhere around Maine. Because of their proximity to some of the people they follow online and track, Mooncat is elected to remain anonymous. We talk a little bit about that in our chat, and I completely understand Mooncat's desire to keep that layer of anonymity for protection. And since I'm still working out how to have these chats in a somewhat professional sort of way and not completely forget to formally introduce our guests, I'm going to just drop you at the beginning of our conversation. Enjoy. As far as like the, you know, the general vibe of things, it's not an interview kind of scenario. It's more of a conversation. And yeah. as far as your personal relationship to all this, if you, if you catch me saying something that you're like, I don't want to answer that question because you know, like I'm, you're seeing an angle about how this might, might reveal your, you know, reveal yourself in a way that I don't, don't hesitate yeah. to mention it and just say like, yeah, that one would strike a little too close to home or whatever. And, yeah. and then I'll just, I'll cut that out of the audio. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Got it. So I, I was, you know, I was trying to, I, I had the same problem that you talked about when it came to uh, coming up with some, uh, some clips that might be relevant or, you know, interesting to talk about. You have so many, <laughs> you know, like, and some of them are just astounding. I mean, some of these are things that, that, you know, since we've started talking, like I've seen as well, the inspired channel on rumble and stuff like that, you know, like I've watched a bunch of those videos, but some of the things that you've just put up on on your Twitter feed, I you know I've noticed a couple. So I think what I'll, what I'll do is I'm just gonna snatch a couple of these and the uh, that you know where it's not just her you know like one of her released videos you know and that then you know there's something that, you know maybe you can add a little bit of context to it or something like that you know the uh, some of the, some of these things that are less polished than what she usually presents on her own. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's a lot of Northrop material. Yeah, she's she is very prolific. You know, she gets out there a lot. A lot of it is monotonous, and she says a lot of the same bullshit over and over. But it's starting to gel. You see these narratives being gel that become really consistent and very constant. Sort of descriptions of like uh, sort of sort of like where she's at because she's driven by novelty and like constantly like discovering some kind of new bullshit. Mm-hmm. To see how she sort of has to re like constantly insert these new uh, directions into her narrative is, uh, you know, that's sort of the the only new stuff that's in there. Everything else is always just the same old bullshit with her. Or she's she just had, recycling. Yeah, yeah. She she really just is pissed off because uh, she got dethroned from being in mainstream culture uh, as sort of you know when when COVID hit, she decided to 
go with the anti-vaxxers and now she's just got this vendetta against the, the uh, same group of people that made her rich in the first place. Yeah, she really does have, like you said, a vendetta. I mean, she has a real bone to pick with a lot of these, you know, people who she's now just referring to as the elites. And and the and like you said, I, I think that's exactly the that's the take that I got from it too. Is that she's she's really still bent that she doesn't get invited onto Oprah anymore. Yeah, it's very personal. Everything she talks about is um, even you know she has a lot of little side story. You know, she'll make these references to uh, you know grandparents not being able to see their children or in laws that are keeping uh, the grandparents away because the kids you know uh, they don't want the grandparents to, who are anti vaxxers to get the kids sick and you know these virtue signaling uh, uh, in laws and stuff. And you're like, where, where is this coming from? You know, because <laughs> is this- it's all very personal. <laughs> yeah, I think she just is in a very small world and she surrounds herself with people who confirm her biases. So she she doesn't, you know, she obviously has like really major problems with interpersonal relationships with people and is projecting all of her narcissistic bullshit on everybody else. Right, right. <laughs> She's just like a, a class. I mean, you know, I dare even say she might be a vampire herself in her own way because she's obsessed with eternal youth. She's a, won't say how old she is. She talks about how goddesses never age. Um, uh, there could be something said to that archi- that, that she kind of fits that archetype, even in like a Stephen King kind of meaner way, you know, mm-hmm. of the uh, dried up old lady crone that can't let go of her, her fame and fortune and is trying to take the whole world down with her apocalyptically using some weird fake dialectic about the great awakening versus the great reset. Uh, just, it's just, a, she's just a classic. I don't know. She's somewhere in between being a con man and being a con, someone who's being conned, which is something I think is a factor that is, it's many of these people have in common with each other. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like, you know, maybe we'll talk about it at some point, but like Robert David Steele, who she was connected to, he seemed to have died just of stress from uh, losing tons of money uh, being grifted by Sasha Stone. Uh, I don't know if you've looked into Sasha Stone much. No, I haven't. But I actually, so you said Robert David Steele? Yeah, Robert David yeah, Steele. So who is he? So Robert David Steele was a ex-CIA, supposedly ex-CIA officer. He is very central in the QAnon, early QAnon origins, um, not necessarily suggesting that he was part of creating QAnon or anything, but he was promoting that sort of uh, region of conspiracy mythos like in the, uh, earlier than most everybody else. And he was connected to, to all of these. Uh, you know, they have these fake organizations where um, they had this, it was, I can't remember what it was called, some kind of tribunal and this guy would wear like judges' robes, and you know they're going to bring you know all these people to you know again. They have this vision of themselves that they're outside of the law, and they're going to have their own. First of all, they think they have their own parallel society in general, right? Right. Which it's all LARPing essentially, but you know they they kind of play along with each other. So just to get back to Robert David Steele, he he had he he was just really this nexus, like connected to all of these different people like uh he's connected to the constitutional sheriff's movement he was um i i don't know how if he was connected to rob i'm sure there's there's definitely a mike fling connection probably there i think he was in i've seen him in some uh, i think he was in that QAnon uh, vice documentary mm-hmm. um 
just to make a long story short about Robert David Seal, he, um, yeah, so he's this ex-CIA officer, you know, talks about the, you know, the pedophile networks and, you know, how he's taking down all these elites and stuff. And I didn't really pay much attention to who this guy was, but he uh, came up to Maine uh, in the summer of 2021 and share, and he was, he, he came somehow or another in connection with Christian Northrup and uh they they did a talk and um he was on this tour called the arise usa tour which was um and there that's uh, i should send you a link to that um at some point so you can just see but uh because that's that's in the christian northrop thread too i cover it it was this tour where um they this guy got like uh was it four four freaking tour buses with his face and Kevin Jenkins, who's that guy that Christine's with. That's her like one black friend, Kevin Jenkins. Like, she, right? Yeah, she she, mentions, she mentions him all the time. You know, that he, he was the uh, one that uh, she referred to when she was saying that uh, he, he. She quoted him in in uh, in one conversation, saying that as soon as he got called a white supremacist, and he knew that they were they were over the target or something like that. Yeah, he's he's her black friend. You know, yeah. he's the guy. You can say, look, I've got a black friend. In fact, uh, just to pause on Robert David Steele, they actually, uh, she was down in uh, Florida um, a couple weeks ago, and this is getting into this like fake pomp, pomp and circumstance and, and fake bullshit they make up. They had their own award ceremony for, for Christian Northrup and these other uh, doctors, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and all these other, that, that's, that's sort of the root of, of her, of her little scene is this, is this, this group of doctors that she's, uh, got herself in with and they had uh, at the dr uh, Zelensky foundation awards uh and uh, kevin jenkins presented christian northrup and uh, these other doctors with the rosa parks award <laughs> <laughs> so you know before she said it was okay because he's black <laughs> so um they're just they're just fucking out to lunch and uh back to robert david Steele. So Kevin Jenkins was so you got this big just to give you an impression that you've got these fucking tour buses that are like four of them and they've got Robert David Steele who's like this he wears a cowboy hat and he's and he, he's this chubby guy with a white beard he looks like a kind of a nice grandpa and uh, Kevin Jenkins who always has this really very scary kind of anime grin that he projects uh, whenever he gets his picture taken and then you've got a. Uh, uh, I, I think who else was on there? I think maybe Sheriff Mack was on there, who is uh, who was the on the he was a chairman, or I, th- I might be wrong, but he was connected to the Oath Keepers. It's basically this insurrectionist salad mixed with the anti-vax people. Mm-hmm. Well, its origin was with Sasha Stone, and Sasha Stone. If you don't know who he is, is uh, someone you should definitely look into because he's shady as fuck. He is Australian or New Zealand. He's in that region. And he's kind of like the worst of the Johnny Depp uh, pirate character combined with uh, like a new age guru. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. He's like a I know the look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, 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 he's, he's connected to some really weird shit. And not to go down the rabbit hole about him, but Sasha Stone and Robert David Steele created this Arise USA tour. It started with these fucking giant tour buses. It started with uh, Robert David Steele eating caviar. He wasn't even sleeping on the tour buses. He was just traveling on them and then staying in like the best hotels and stuff. 
they ran out of money really, really fast. And from what I can tell, and you know, I'm not like the best, most adept investigator, but uh, from what I can tell, I think that Sasha Stone raised a bunch of money and then didn't give any of the money to Robert David Steele. And Robert David Steele took a bunch of loans out, including from his wife, to get these stupid tour buses and to, you know, pay for this ridiculous tour that no one was really going uh, to go see. There was very few people at, at most events. The main event there was actually about 300 people. But in the beginning, there was more people at this at this tour. By the end of the tour, Robert David Steele was like uh, begging for gas money. Like he's, he was driving in an SUV that he was renting. He'd already gotten rid of the tour buses. People had bailed on him. And by the time it got to Maine, it was like on gas fumes. And Robert David Steele spoke. Um, Kevin Jenkins spoke. Uh, Christian Northrup spoke. And uh, a state representative spoke. And Robert David Steele is also known for for being a pretty straight up Holocaust denier uh, as well. And so mm-hmm. there was a protest, and people weren't happy about it. So there was there was some activity outside of the building. Sometimes people would come out from the event and sort of try to troll the crowd, the, the protesters, and stuff. It was kind of a mess. And uh, but yeah, so Robert David Steele uh, then uh, about. I guess it was two and a half weeks, three weeks later, then then apparently died from COVID. Which is why we're not hearing from him anymore. Yeah. But if yeah, if you look into Robert David Steele, I mean, he's deeply connected to all, all this stuff and with like the QAnon stuff and everything. And whether he just jumped on the bandwagon or not, you know, or whether he was more deeply involved in its dissemination, like in a more practical, uh, tactical way is mm-hmm. you know, another story. But he, he was this notorious blowhard and, and sort of like major bragger and he seemed to be probably a bullshit artist whether he was in the cia or not you know people claim he has documentation so maybe he was but uh yeah northrop and the sasha stone guy northrop was connected to sasha stone early on too like basically like she got herself and she, she gets herself in, into these weird little clicks of uh of of uh kind of you know these influencers online she obviously you know finds these people online or people suggest them to her her or whatever Mm -hmm. and um sasha stone she was connected to him through this thing called the uh i think it was called the the divine academy i I gotta check my notes but um yeah basically like where she's gone from in the beginning of the pandemic where she was sort of isolated and, you know, decided to start this political group up in Maine. And she's had this, you know, this, this sort of free fall into uh, like really just the deepest connections to the, to the core of this stuff. Like, I mean, she's on the Mike Flynn uh, reawaken tour, um, you know, right. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you go deeper? Right. I mean, she took the stage right after Roger Stone at one yeah. event. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've been, I mean, it, I, I can tell just by the, the depth of the of your explanations and your descriptions of, you know, how these people relate to each other. You've been following QAnon and far-right extremism for quite a long time, it seems. When did you start doing this? Or when did you start noticing it, at least, as something that was needed to be followed? As far as Maine goes, there are started to, locally, in different parts of Maine... During the pandemic, uh, there was a lot of people who were out of work, you know, who weren't going to work. And Maine had a very milquetoast lockdown. <laughs> it was, uh-huh. you could, I mean, you could go to any gas station 
and without a mask on and go get a egg sandwich like you or you know if they if they made egg sandwiches you know you go walk in and get a soda like you there wasn't you know in rural maine it it wasn't really so totalitarian you know what i'm saying and there was these people that were gathering online who didn't seem to have much but a lot of time on their hands and they were creating these little patriot groups and there was this one that formed called beacon for sovereignty they kind of gelled before the insurrection. And this is like probably, you know, like a stop. It was uh, from walk away and uh, stop the steal type stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, these little groups would, they, there was a few members in these groups who um, would go around and make uh, videos of themselves going into stores without a mask on and stuff like that. And I just started noticing um, through some, I, I'm sort of just been interested in uh finding out more and so this is the this is the stuff where i probably can't tell you too much <laughs> yeah i gotcha yeah if i'm meandering that's kind of like um, it's hard you know, i understand yeah you're trying to figure out a path through so without uh you know without telling some specific details i yeah, gotcha yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. all yeah. right yep yep um so what we were talking about were we talking about steel where were we at well, we uh, we got through that, and I, I was just I was asking about you know like how how you where how your interest developed. M- maybe like would it be too much for you to describe it as just you know things that you were observing, you know, like like across May, uh, like in in local you know in small towns as well as on a larger scale in Maine on the political scene that you were seeing you were seeing the some of the same people showing up in these different areas. And it just let you know that there was a there was a there was a wider network that was that had been created that just wasn't so obvious up on the surface. Yeah, it was through Facebook groups, uh, online social media. You would see they had you know countless groups forming on Facebook uh, around mandate stuff and around all the vaccine stuff and anti-mask stuff. There'd be some new you know nurses against vaccine mandates you know or moms against vaccine mandates or whatever there were these little wannabe gangs popping up like patriots with attitude and don't tread uh-huh. on pain with these three percenter wannabes and it's just all these weird people online um mm-hmm. just came together in these groups and each one of them is sort of their own little weird world and they're they're not one unit they think they're very you know, they, they also feud with each other like crazy and I, I think that's something that that we can't uh that's a thread that we definitely can't lose when we're thinking about how how all of this got going that the lockdown measures even though they were they were uh pretty milquetoast like you were saying in maine that even so like there were some and so this you have this this extra amount of time that people had to sort of like do whatever with and then they had a cause at the same time, this, you know, this resentment at, you know, very real, you know, a lot of times it, I think it's reasonable. They were, you know, people were pissed because their, their jobs had been interrupted. Their life had been interrupted. They, there wasn't like a clear plan in place about how this, any of this was going to make anything better. And it was just this perfect ground for anybody who has a uh, an anti-government stance in general to to start questioning the decisions that were being made and the things that were affecting them in their own lives. I mean, it's one thing to complain about taxes when you know you see marginal increases or something, but when you have such a drastic impact on people's lives, then 
you know, you have something to really focus on, you know, something that's really gotten under your skin. And now you have the time to go sort of research it, you know, and, and find some people that are also pissed off. That whole thing just festered, you know, for, for months and months and months. And I, I personally don't think we would be seeing this level of, uh, I mean, even though the, the groups are very disjointed and there is so much infighting between them, you know, both inside of groups and between groups. I don't think there'd be even nearly this much organization if we hadn't had COVID and, and lockdowns. Yeah. That was a perfect environment to incubate all of this madness. Yeah. That the isolation and, you know, was profound for people. I mean, I have a lot of sympathy for a lot of these people. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. That's what I'm really getting at is like, I, I can understand how this started. I don't have to agree with anything that, you know, with that anybody says or where they've gone with it because it's, it's most of the time it's just fucking nuts, but well, not even most of the time, almost all the time. <laughs> it's the attachment to a larger conspiracy narrative that explains everything to them and, and gives them then an excuse to treat people like shit. I, I understand why people look for that excuse because they feel like they're being treated like shit. And, you know, maybe, maybe they are, maybe they're not. I think a lot of them are some of the work or people with just major personality disorders uh, that are mm -hmm. really hyperbolic. And they just came out of the woodwork because the rails were down, you know, were up. Like, you know, you're always going to, you, you always have to have people testing the system too, you know, like I, I'm okay with these people going and acting like kooks. It's just my issue with it is that it's not a grassroots phenomenon. My issue with it is that it's not really truly populist. It's being astroturfed by fucking billionaire elites, the same conspiracy that they're supposedly in opposition to is is still in effect they just are they're down with a with a different conspiracy you know that's my problem. right you know I'm, i look at myself as a conspiracy theorist i don't think of you know there's anything wrong with looking at things like there's conspiracies all over the fucking place there are and there, there I, I understand you know but to some extent it seems like a lot of it is just a form of Munchausen syndrome in a way or Munchausen syndrome by proxy. You know, like with Christiane Northrup and these other people, they're, they're obsessed with all of these uh, small scale, um, minute uh, ways that uh, they're being fucked with that they can't control. And it, it just comes down to this lack of a feeling of being able to control things. And what's the remedy is to try to attain, is try to gain power if you don't have control. I think a lot of them are just attracted to, to authority and power because they, they're uh, essentially spiritual hypochondriacs. They just, mm -hmm. they just think that there's something wrong with them all the time, you know, and it's, it's understandable because they're, a lot of them are, they're like, I'm supposed to be, you know, I've got a dog, I've got a, you know, I've got a, a wife, you know, I've, I've got a, a good job at the tire store or whatever. Why am I still so unhappy? You know? Right. <laughs> You've been listening to a sample of a Wetwired Premium episode. To listen to this entire episode and to hear our entire back catalog, you can subscribe on Patreon for just $5 a month. We also have a limited number of $3 a month True Believer memberships, but when those run out, they are gone. Thank you for helping us keep Wetwired editorially independent and ad-free.